Today's guest on episode two of the Tone Country Cast with Tim Holland comes to us from Atlanta, Georgia. He has introduced the world to what he's calling trailer trap, as well as the two-step, then the cowboy boogie, with his global hit, The Get Up. He's been here in Australia to perform at the very first Country to Country Festival and is also about to release a new album titled Honeysuckle and Lightning Bugs. So, with very special thanks to the Forbes Street Studios here in Sydney, who are recording this country cast for us today, welcome Blanco Brown. Hey, hey, it's a blessing to be here. We, uh, we're so excited that you're here. Um, if you think back to, uh, you know, 12 months ago, even six months ago, did, did you envisage at the time that you'd be here in Australia right now performing in arenas? I had no idea, like, <laughs> I just created a song that felt great within my body of work creating my album, Honeysuckle and Lightning Bugs, um, which will be here soon. October 11. Yeah. Um, but when I was building the record, I started with the lap steel, the hi-hats, the drum, you know, the 808s, the snares, anything I could find in the room that made a sound. I don't even know what's all in the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, I started writing it, and I had never done the whole dance. As I got done, I did the whole dance. I almost passed out. So you wrote the song and... and As I was dancing. Did the dance at the same time. Yep. And how, do you, how, do you, <laughs> how did you remember the dance? Did you get a phone out and film yourself or... Oh, uh, yeah, I, I took, like, some little footage here and there, um, making sure it all went together and worked. And one of the first videos I did actually was the first one I posted on uh, social media, and then it kind of went over into other platforms. And that was the original one. Right. So, you know, um, the song essentially broke out of TikTok, um, you know, resulting in hundreds of thousands of video uploads of people, you know, da dancing to the song, policemen, kids, grannies and grandpas, you name it, everyone. Uh, did you literally just put put it up there and it kind of uh, helped it, itself? Or was it was on um, another platform at first, and one of the guys from TikTok saw it on that platform, and they put a version of theirs on that app and it mm. kind of like just went extra crazy like <laughs> yes. it blew up before i even knew it um was on tiktok it was already at like nine million views mm. and um it's just been a blessing it, it grew and people are communicating with it and people smiling full of joy it's the mm. best feeling in the world mm. Did you hear about the kid in the UK, uh, Harry Bass? I think his name is. He 
he did a, a, a video in his cl- in his classroom, which went viral, and, and they suspended him. The school suspended him. Yeah, that's a, that's a question mark. So <laughs> that's you know, not very cool. <laughs> you know, on you know, it's look, there are worse things kids could be doing in he, the classroom. <laughs> you know, he just got up with, with a real cool get up. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean the get up dance phenomenon has, has exploded to the point where there are now these get up challenges throughout the world. Uh, we we have a we have a festival in Tamworth uh, in January, uh, which is one of our big country festivals, along with obviously C to C. You're playing it here. They're, they're having a big opening concert in the park. It's summertime. And they are planning to do a get up challenge with 10,000 people. That's uh, massive. Are you able to keep up with all this? Uh, you know, I'm really right here on the ground, you know, still walking with everybody. So I see a lot of the things that's going on. I try to stay in touch with everyone that's supporting me and supporting the purpose and the message. So I definitely be on the lookout for certain things that be cool. Hmm. Do you spend too much time on social media now? No. You've got the balance right? Yeah, I got a good little balance. Um, I'm actually running all my own social media accounts. I had an option of having like a company or a team running it, but I was just like, I need to talk to people myself. So I run on my own stuff. So, you know, this song, it's over 10 weeks now, number one on the hot country charts. It's number one on iTunes all over the world right now. As we speak, it's number one, all genres in Australia. Uh, It's been number one, all genres in many countries. But, you know, it would be fair to say that this recognition has, you know, been a lifetime in the making. Uh, I believe you first got a record deal when you were seven? Yep, seven years old. New Star Records. It was me, my brothers, and uh, my cousin before we actually did our um, CD and our first song called After the Rain. The name of my group was Times Three. Me, my brother, and my younger brother. And there there was no TikTok back then. How how does someone get a record deal at seven years old? (laughs) Uh, You know, that's real strange that you... As that now I need to really like look into how it all came about. But I know we did a lot of talent shows and I actually don't even remember how it all came to that point. But I remember those moments in the studio and going to school, going back um to the studio and just living the unnormal kids' life because we were rehearsing and practicing notes and making sure everything was great, doing shows. On the weekends, we would, like, travel, get in the car, pack up, go to South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, do shows, then go back to school on Monday. Mm. Well, <laughs> you know, the hard work pays off even as a kid. You never know what can happen. And and, and I guess in between then and now, you've, you've become a very esteemed producer and songwriter. You, you've worked with huge artists. Tell us a little bit about what you've done as a producer. Uh, I mean, it's so many records I've had my hand involved in, uh, from vocal production to producing to um, engineering to mixing to just simply writing. I mean, from Childish Gambino to Chris Brown to um, one of the two 
of the World Cup songs I wrote last year, one called Goalie Goalie. I uh, had Pitbull and uh, uh, the biggest Russian female artist, Nusha, and someone else on it. Um, and I wrote that record in Dubai and co-produced that one also. And, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's a, quite a few people. Mm. I really don't know them all off the top of my head. I be having to look at my, my little palm pilot, but I've been blessed to work with so many people and I've enjoyed uh, the journey that I've been on to get to this point. What was the, okay, was there a specific moment, you know, when, when you decided that you needed to get out of that comfort zone of producing other people's stuff and take the plunge and go into the spotlight yourself? Yeah, you said get out of that comfort zone. I feel like I needed to get up. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. And just do some things um, directly for myself. But I was still building this sound since 2011, 2012. Mm. So essentially for the last eight years, I've been making this body of work, honey, sucking and lightning bugs. Um, mm. I call my genre, sub-genre, uh, trailer trap. Trailer mm. park music meets trap music. I bridge the gap. So what? What? Yeah. What is the difference between trailer trap and rap, per se? Uh, it's essentially country music with 808s, hi-hat snares, beatboxing, and just great music, storytelling, um, traditional stories in the country world meets 808s, meets God. Mm. Is there a, you know, a specific song or you know, a moment you recall that was sort of the catalyst for you taking an interest in country music specifically? You said that specific moments I recall. Mm. Was there a song or is it just uh, the environment you were in as a kid? Or Oh, yeah, I definitely... I looked up to, like, Johnny Cash and Tim McGraw, but then I also had, like, Outkast and Sam Cooke, Donny Hathaway, Aretha Franklin, Etta James. I mean, like, so many different people. Um, Johnny Cash had a grit that I admired, and I didn't even know what I was listening to, but he just seemed to say whatever he wanted and how he wanted to. And he, you know, he went for what he knew and what he loved. It was passion over everything. And I kind of go with that same foreground purpose over everything. And uh, Outkast, to me, they were bigger than just rap. They were trap. They were rap. They were pop. They were um, R&B. They were jazz. You couldn't just put them in one box, even though the world did put them in the rap category only. They were bigger than they were bigger than music. Uh, you know, when I listen to a, you know, a song like Get Old Memories, you know, you, you sing the line, I remember sitting at the front porch, gunshot at the back door, I never knew my grandpa. It, it, lines like that seem to me that you sing about very real circumstances and make sense that a Johnny Cash type artist would have connected with you. Yeah, I mean, it's uncut, straight raw. Um, I hear the wind in the skies are crying, honeysuckle on the trees are dying. Rocking chairs with my nana, though I never knew my grandpa. Catching lightning bugs at night, but I was never satisfied. I mean, those type of lyrics came from moments I could still taste. Um, 
every time I close my eyes and I sing those lyrics, it take me back to that moment. And knowing that my grandpa was still alive but wasn't around was one of those things like I wish I could have known him a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, you seem to have a, I guess, a fundamental sense of hope and positivity in what you do in, in your song, Georgia Power. You know, there's, the song starts with you essentially singing with a broken heart, um, but it quickly turns into a different direction. You scrub off your boots, I'll be all right. You seem to want to uplift people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Georgia Power is a an electrical company in Georgia. And, you know, if you don't pay that bill, lights off. Um, it's that moment that I felt like in that record and why I titled it that, um, getting your energy back, not allowing someone to dim your light switch, not allowing someone to turn you off. Uh, you should have full power and control of yourself. No one should have possession of you. Um, you could be whatever you want to be, be whoever you want to be. You could be great. Um, all you got to do is want to be that and actually implement those things in your everyday decision making. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like Georgia Power like, was that one record that we need to get back to where we used to be and get things aligned. Uh, strap up your boots. Get your feelings in line. I'll be all right. Thank God I'm a, I'm all right. Mm. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, if you go on, if you turn the news on, you go on to social media a lot of the time and, you know, it's doom and gloom and everyone, everyone feels very strongly about something and everyone else is wrong and, and there's all that going on. And, but at the same time, you know, if you take a moment back, there's a, you know, a lot of, a lot of really great things happening in the world. A lot of people doing very inspirational things, and you know, at the mo for example, at the moment we have people of color topping the country charts, and not just what you know, yourself obviously, Kane Brown, a little Nas X, and you know, Jimmy Allen. This is a this is a movement that uh, is firstly way overdue, and secondly, really invigorating the genre, I think. Yep, and the funny thing is, I know it might be an Australian thing because we don't say people of color. That's like an old thing. Uh, we just, we're we human. <laughs> well, yes, um, but Nashville hasn't always been as, and I think that's changing, but but yeah. as inclusive as they should we just We're just people of greatness we just want to mm. make a lot of great things and um i feel like the whole world is just full of greatness you just got to want it no matter what your uh ethnicity is or what circumstances you've been through you got to want certain things for yourself and you got to go get them mm. i chose positivity yeah yeah you and it's amazing what that does, you know, the boundaries, the walls you can break when, when you do that. Uh, you seem to have been really embraced by Nashville. You're assigned, you know, on, on a label uh, over there, uh, Broken Bow Records. Do you spend a lot of time in Nashville? Uh, 
I do spend a lot of time in Nashville. I spend more time in Nashville than I do in Georgia. Right, so you, you're essentially essentially based there now? Uh, not really, because I, I don't spend enough time nowhere to say I'm based there. Right, of course. But I'm always in Nashville mm. in the office, um, but I record everything in Georgia. Mm. Uh, I think... Uh, I think uh, I was I was just thinking about this when I, I saw you on the Today Show and you were talking about you know, how how you, how you recorded the the get up and and you were using you know kitchen implements and all sorts of things. So if you know if if I was to ask you to produce a song for me, you know, uh, would 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 we head to the kitchen and work out you know? Oh man, a, it, it could start uh, right down the living room. You know what I'm saying, like. I might pick up a candle and make a noise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might click the, the the remote control and make a noise. And anything can inspire me. Mm. I can be inspired by anything. So that's a beautiful thing. And I just thank God every day for that. Like, I can be inspired by totally anything. You can close that door, and I may want to just sample that. Do some foliage mm. and put it on the record. Saves musician fees as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. If uh, if you don't have the budget for one of them, but there, is it true that uh, that your grandmothers actually inspired the name of the Get Up? Because you don't use that term in the song at all. Ever, not one mm. time in the song. Um, she definitely inspired the the title of the song and the purpose of the song. It just means being one with the world, finding some light within your day and finding purpose. Um, yeah, I miss my grandma. In the dance video that you did, you have a cup in your hand, and uh, you obviously in the song you refer to, you know, taking a sip. And when people are at festivals and shows, they, they've often got a drink in their hand. Um, so is this a strategic move on your part? You know, did you have festivals in mind when, you know, you did that video, you know? I really didn't think about festivals at all while writing the song. Yeah. I was in the moment, and I just sung whatever came to the heart and to the mind. And taking a sip with it could have been anything. You know, it could be juice. It could be water. It could be alcohol. It could be whatever you want it to be. But all in the great mindset of... The first initial thing, finding purpose. Don't be out there taking a sit with it and then get behind the wheel. That ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm just blessed that the song actually reached as many people that it have reached because my intentions was just to make a couple people smile, hmm. and now I see the world smiling. The world is, certainly is smiling. Australia is smiling. Um, and I, I I hear that initially you were going to release the Get Up much later, but when the little Nas X phenomenon sort of took off, it was moved forward. How, how did was that your decision or the record company or? Uh, it was it was my decision to put the song out. You know, with the label, um, everything is strategic. But with social mm. media, everything is random. 
um, I put up a one-minute clip, and then one week later, it had five million views, and the next week, kind of settled in, and then the third week, it picked back up, and before you know it, it had so many different native posts of people doing the dance. And um, the EP had been done, mixed and mastered. The album had been done, mixed and mastered. I already had the title. I already had the synopsis of the song, and I mean, like, everything. But I felt like um, I wanted to make people dance and smile. And I'm just glad that I actually put it out in the label, supported it 100%. The way people um, consume music have changed. It's not just about one genre. It's about a lifestyle. Mm. Um, when you wake up early in the morning, most people, most people, don't just click on one genre and listen to it. They they have a playlist full of everything. Mm. I'm the type of person that just click on my playlist and see what uh, music has in store for me that day, what emotions it want to evoke, what what things make me feel away. And if I come across a song that I just absolutely don't want to hear in that moment, I just hit skip. Mm. Yes, it is. E- yes, it is easy to skip these days. You got to you got to get them in the first couple of seconds, haven't you? Definitely. Yes. Uh, so your album Honeysuckle and, and Lightning Bugs is about to be released, or if you know, you're listening to this podcast into the future, has already been released. Um, what should we expect from the album? Are there more dance flavored tunes on there? Is it a bit more reflective? And yeah, Honeysuckle and Lightning Bugs is uh, before I get into what's actually on the album. The concept of the album is the two worlds that I lived in, the hood, the projects, and then in the country. Um, they both had that one thing in common. They both had honeysuckle and they both had lightning bugs no matter where I was. So those two things tied both of my worlds together. And um, they made me feel complete. I didn't want one without the other. I felt like they were great balance, and that's how my music is. It's it's a great balance. Um, on the album, you have songs that will make you dance, but that's not just a song that gives you direction to dance, except for the get up. But um, yeah, I mean from funky tonk to country time to ten whiskey. I mean like. Each song evokes a different emotion. And at the end of each song, you'll find a message. And within that message, you find purpose. Well, I think uh, I think we're all looking forward to hearing it. You, you're a fascinating artist. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listen to your music and you have it. There's a song like The Get Up, which is really just something to make you feel good about life. And then, and then you've, you've got these other songs that really do hit you in the heart. You know, they're very, very, and that's, you know, essentially what a country music artist is all about. So, uh, I, I can see why, you know, the, the, the fan base, you know, of country has, has really kind of, uh, been drawn to what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for, for, for coming and talking to us. Uh, all the best with the album, um, and uh, n- no doubt, no doubt you're going to be doing big tours all over the world in the next couple of years, uh, based on on the 
how everything's going. Special thanks to the Forbes Street Studios in Sydney and specifically Nick for recording this episode for us today. Uh, for the latest country music news and entertainment from Australia and the world, check out ToneCountry.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Remember to subscribe to this podcast so that you get all the new episodes as they go live. I'm Tim Holland and I look forward to your company next time on the next episode of the Tone Country Cast. Mm-hmm.